It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's articles of news for the week of the uh, 10th of April. It's me, Richie T, and it's brother Kyle. April showers. Uh, and snow showers yeah. here in the state of Utah by this weekend. Oh. That should be nice. You know, the thing Crumb. is, though, it will go from like 75 to snow this weekend. Yeah. So I'm going to get the stuff done in the yard, spend the weekend, wait for it, outside all day. On the Why on the weekend? No, so, you're supposed to work outside Tuesday and Wednesday. No, I'm going to. Oh, good. And then uh, I also have to work outside all day Saturday when it's supposed oh. to just be miserable. Just uh, I don't miserable. Th- I think by Saturday I hope it's okay because I have a bicycle race on Saturday, okay. so I hope it's It won't right. be, but I, hope for our, but I hope for our sakes. For your race, and I've got, uh, they do a thing called the Pond Skim, which oh, is yeah. where the uh, skiers come down the mountain and then they try and ski across the pond and not get, you know, sucked under by the water and all that stuff. And they finish off the newscast every night with somebody falling on their face. Oh, look oh, at them. Oh, we're going to go back out one more time to the pond skim at Snow Basin. Oh, and that's so the, the, do the guy me. in the tutu and the sure. and the uh, uh, snorkel coming down on the oh, skis. Yeah. And then it, now you dress up or you dress down. Some people don't wear but very very little of anything. Hmm. You get the speedo guy. Oh, of you course. Get, you get the tutu. You yeah. get the uh, sports bra woman that everyone goes ooh ooh <laughs> right. <laughs> you know they're like oh yeah oh mm, maybe yeah uh, I'm not sure how I feel about any of that. Uh, but it should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, and then that's my weekend. But you know why huh. I do it? Because the good people of Snow Basin would like it and because they pay me. Oh, so it's a yeah. big gig yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All One right. of the bigger ones of the year, so it's nice. But I, I'll work Ooh. up there, and then uh, and then I'm doing another event, emceeing another event for um, uh, a group of forensic nurses. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> so that should be interesting. It's pretty fascinating, actually. These are like the people who process rape kits and stuff like that. So. And you're going to try and make them dance and have a good time? Uh, you know, I don't know too much about the activity, <coughs> only that I'll be reading a script and being pleasant while I'm there. I don't know. I don't uh, know what I'm doing yet. I will be, uh, in a few weeks, I'll be attending my first ever event that you are doing. Which is what? I think. Tell me what. Oh, the uh, Just Joni's big birthday party? You're going to yeah, come? I am going to come. Nice. Yeah. It's going to be fun. There's a lot of people. That'll be an interesting uh, post episode of the Cultural Hall. Everyone talking about their experiences at Just Joni's birthday party. She has hired me to be her DJ for the evening. Wow. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Is she turning an uh, even age or something, like uh, 50? Or no, I think she turns um, 30. 30. Can you believe it? No. It seems like just yesterday <laughs> she was 29. Can you believe it? That's every bit for uh, just Joni. There you go. She's only 30? Yeah. Can you believe it? No. I wish I was that young. I think her daughter is uh, 16, so just Joni. Wow. When she was, she was a little promiscuous when Joni. she was younger. I I had no idea. Yeah, no, I, and I don't know which she would rather, right? Us calling her promiscuous or us calling her 30. I'm not sure. Happy birthday. It's a trade-off. Which do you want? Yeah, well, I mean, do you want to be younger or promiscuous in uh, high school? Just kidding. No, she wasn't. I'm sure she was. Uh, I'm sure she was respectful. You know, whatever. <laughs> I'm, listen, you can come at her all you, all you would like. I will not. I will reserve the rest of my judgment. Sorry, I was just getting a message from the guys over at the Mormon News Report. Oh. You know, they do a weekly episode that if you have not yet listened to, uh, you can find on our feed. Um, it's called the Mormon News Report. It's uh, our friend Molly Jenny. She's now a permanent member of the Mormon News Report. And oh. uh, so uh, Brian. I didn't know that. And uh, we also got the Brian. So if you like hearing their hot takes, is what they call it, on the 
on the uh, breakingest news of the week. You can hear them. That episode drops on the Cultural Hall feed every week, Monday morning. Whereas we get around to ours Tuesday, Wednesday-ish. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the numbered episodes uh, on Friday. Which, by the way, coming up on numbered episodes, uh, Trek the Movie. We're going to talk with the lead uh, lady of Trek the Movie. Also, Stuart Edge of YouTube fame. He's a oh, future cool. episode. He's already been recorded. And then, wait for it, Wallace Jeffs. Stepbrother, uh, Jeffs? Step, stepbrother of Warren Jeffs. He's written a book that talks all about how he had to steal his family out of the polygamous compound. So, wow, that's cool. So that should be an interesting one and just sort of a programming note moving forward. Did you, uh, now I know that uh, Janae Manite's husband uh, competed this weekend. Did you compete in that thing in Southern California? I didn't go to that one. Okay. No. Nope. But that, you do that type of stuff, right? Yeah. It was the Oceanside. Blah, 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 I triathlon. keep forgetting. I keep, every year I want to go do that one. Uh-huh. Every Every year I forget to I, register, and and then it's like a week before, and everybody says, "Can't wait next week. I'm going down." Like, well, crap, I got stuff going on. Yeah, and you can't plan a week away for that. No, you have to train a little, or you're always in peak optimal performance. I'm I'm, I'm probably ready for it, but yeah, I, you got to get a hotel. You got to travel from right. from here to and there. Pay and, for it. Yeah, and register. Yeah, and it's a lottery, isn't it? Uh, I don't know on that one. I guess I should find that out yeah, if I yeah, actually want to do just it. Maybe get into it if you're not a part of it. The thing I want to challenge you to do, uh, brother Kyle. And you're going to sort a of... A mission? Event. No, I already did you. I got yeah. you that. Six weeks, remember? We'll yep. get there. Uh, the uh, the biggin in uh, Hawaii. I want you to compete in, in that Kona. one time. I want to, but it's so expensive. Is that all it is? You could otherwise? Yeah. Except for the cost? Yeah. You've qualified or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, really? I, I've qualified for that. I've qualified for the... Uh, also there, they do the, the off-road one, which okay. is Xterra. I've qualified for that as well. And they always send me, and every year I get an invite to the national championship and world and I and I laugh <laughs> and hit delete on the email. Really? Yeah. It's too expensive. You can't afford that crap. What, Are you how serious? much does the Hawaii one cost le- legitimately? Uh, like if you could have a place to stay uh, and you know you're you're doing just your food and your airfare there, how much does it cost for the race? How much is airfare to Hawaii? Six hundred bucks yeah, round trip? Between four and six hundred, sure. Okay. So let's say five hundred bucks. Okay. Um, the race is probably four hundred bucks. Okay. Right about that on it. Right. So yeah, it's it's the airfare and hotel. So I feel like, though, maybe you should, like, uh, I mean, you live at your parents, so you might as well just go upstairs. I don't live in my anymore. That's old. No. <laughs> you just go upstairs and say, Mom, Dad, I need to borrow some money. No, and I'm being serious, and, and then I want to get into a couple emails. One of them is from the last time you and I were together, and then there's some other emails about things that have been going on here in the hall. Uh, my dad qualified for the Boston Marathon probably, I don't know, 20 times, right? Big, avid marathon runner. And it was always a thing that he's like, you know what? I'm going to do that at one point. I'm going to mm-hmm. do that. If qualified, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Now, because of neuropathy, he can't really run. I mean, he tries, but like he'll run, he, he can run like three miles and then he has to walk because his feet go numb. And and we always say, well, you know, you don't have to run anymore. And as you know, it's sort of an addiction. You can't, you know, get away from it really. So he does that, but there's no way that he could do a full marathon anymore. And, I, and he carries uh, as sort of a regret the fact that he never did the thing, the pinnacle of his event. Yeah. He never did that thing. And I would love to uh, and have it on my list of stuff, but it sure. is purely financial. So so I'm going to challenge you, not okay. only to the six-week mission, which you already said you would, 
just like you, you know, you put away you put away fifty bucks a month. I right? don't have fifty bucks. Oh, come do you know on. how much my ex-wife costs? Here's the thing I just thought of. Okay. How about I do it in five years when you don't have to four pay and a half years? Anymore? Yes, I got four years left. Okay, but will you commit to it? Yeah. Okay. Because it's in uh, it's in the fall. I'll end up paying through March of whatever four years yeah, so is from have, now. So you'll have six months. Yeah. And and get a credit card. And and, and if I it save up. it the six months that I pay her every month, oh, I could take the whole cultural hall crew to done. I'm in. I'm in. Down to Hawaii. Okay. And I'll raise you guys can cheer me on. Yeah. Okay. Just so long as you don't wait too long. Okay. But you're no. what? Sixty two now? How old are you? Fifty two. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. Couple emails. Let's let's get into it. Anything else exciting? Anything else? Family, kid, you, any of that stuff? Uh, well, I just got back from. Uh, I was on holiday again. Yeah. Sent by my work. Where did you go? I. I now, is this uh, the shady work or the good work? This is. Uh, well, I left the shady work. Good for you. Yeah. That's why you're dressed up. You said you had a job interview. I was going to ask yeah. you about that. Congratulations for leaving shady job. Thanks. And they, at that the job interview, they said, well, if we paid you what you're making right now just to come over here, you'd be the highest paid person in the office. Oh, no. So I don't know if that'll work yeah. out. But the, <laughs> the shady one, I just decided it was, and it's not really shady, but it was tough. It was just so much time that I was gone. Um, and a little bit of his soul sucking. Oh, you yeah. Can't t- you can't tell me that wasn't it. Sometimes you have to turn off your brain to work and you yep. just go follow the steps. But um, That would be hard for me. But on my longtime full-time job, I had, as of the first of the year, me and another gentleman who had sold the most. It was a contest. We said, we're sending on this big trip down to Mob. We're renting you a cabin and a private chef and all to this Moab? stuff. Yeah. Cool. Uh, to go down and do whatever there. So the other gentleman quit when they cut our pay by 50% right. a, a month ago or two. Yeah. And uh, so they said, well, we're going to lower the bar. And the next person that hits this, well, okay, we got this guy. will go. And eventually they dropped it by $500,000 in sales to eventually scrape up a couple people that still were left at the company. Right. That hadn't quit because everybody's quit. Right. Uh, to go with me because they didn't want to send me alone. Right. With the, with the boss. Yeah. The one that cut all our pay and. Sure. Because you might kill him. Yeah. You might stab him. Well, jokes. Well, jokes, so people. It went. <laughs> but then it would be awkward to be like, hey, pal, you know why no one else is here? Because you cut everything. That's well, why. Well, it was an awkward weekend because we, you know, if you went, turn back the clock two months ago, it was him sitting in office telling me, you know, we're cutting 48% of your pay mm-hmm. uh, and you're sorry, you're just not worth it. If you want to quit, go ahead. Yeah. Um, fast forward to this weekend, he and I laying naked together in a room. Okay. <laughs> if you want to see how that weekend was. I, so I don't know that I do. So the, bo- <laughs> the boss went with us couple of us and these other two gentlemen one has already one has quit so his last week there was you know on vacation good with the guy that forced him to quit sure and the other one has a horrible attitude and hates the guy (laughs) (laughs) so it was uncomfortable so we have a and we have a private chef which is nice every day but yeah yeah but you have myself a vegan sure you have a jew which was uh passover okay ending saturday night Uh (laughs) (laughs) so this poor woman had to come in and cook our meals. Yay. To, yeah. Do you guys have any restrictions? Well, uh-huh. 
<laughs> All right, so we're gonna eat. You're gonna get spinach, right? <laughs> Just this boring menu, or was it pretty so, good? It was actually great. Yeah, but uh, so she made stuff for every. You know, she had. To, it was a big, tall order for her to try and accommodate these people and an alcoholic. Mm. So. <laughs> we just feed them booze. So we were supposed to go, and I thought, I'll just... And the other guys that I like, you know, the other couple guys I like, and they're all both quitting, and I won't see them for much longer, but mm-hmm. thought we'll have a good weekend together. I thought, I'm just going to go train and, uh, you know, take this opportunity to do that away from everything for a while, and... Uh, I get down there, uh, you know, I thought I'll ride bikes a lot. Okay. With a couple of my buddies. Sure. I get, I get down there, and part of the package deal they've got for us here at our cabin is they've got a couple of these uh, Razor dune buggies okay. that everybody the, has. The side-by-sides. Yeah, it's a dune buggy. <laughs> All right? It's one of my pet peeves. It's a dune buggy. And they... <laughs> okay. So they have a couple of these. Uh, <laughs> a weird pet peeve, but I'll take it. <laughs> it's a dune... It right. was a dune buggy in the 70s and 80s. It, it was. Side and by it side still today. is. What's the difference? It, it is a side-by-side. Side. I don't know. Nothing. All right. For all you kids out there, it's a, it's all the cool thing now is a side-by-side. Side. Okay. Everybody rides them. They're incredibly expensive. Did you roll it? Uh, no. But So we headed out, and one of these people, I don't know if I should say this, because I don't want to get back to him, but one of them said, you know, because we, we paired up, each of us, you know, in a, we, it had four seats, each one. Mm-hmm. So we would had two of us in each, and uh, we got and take turns turns on it and basically rode these for three days straight. Okay. Didn't do anything else. Okay. Um, and several times was said, you know, I'm going to either kill or scare this person until they wet themselves. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of one particular person. No. No, like, like angrily they would yes. say that. Yeah, now yeah, it's no, your I turn. No, it. Try terrible. and see if you can. So on day one, we broke one of them. We broke the frame on it. Sure. In trying to kill somebody, broke a frame of steel frame on that. This is awful. <laughs> So the uh, person that whose insurance this was under and is in charge of all this that nobody likes gets out and is now really stressed that he is going to have to pay for this machine. Sure. So and everybody else is laughing and chugging down cores. Yeah. Uh, so you, yourself excluded. Not myself. Yeah. No. Too many no, calories. I have a Lacroix. Yeah. Call. <laughs> And so we go back and we get another one and then spend another day of, again, attempting to... Hurt, hurt, harm, or maim this person. Yes. Either emotionally or actually physically. Yes. This sounds terrible, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then e- each night uh, finished with, we would go into town uh, in a mob and get a massage. Okay. Uh, all of us. And uh, whoever drew the short straw, so they had two single rooms and then they had a double room. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> For the couple's this massage. Is the, this is where the lay naked comes in. Okay. Yes. So I drew on Saturday night the short straw. Uh. <clears throat> and when David and Josh brought us into their room. Oh <laughs> And said, uh, now disrobe and get under the sheet. Sure. And I looked over at this guy and I thought, boy, this has really come around (laughs) to an interesting point over the last eight weeks. Wow. So we got naked and laid there next to each other and got a massage. Yeah. Good for for you. (laughs) Are you a quiet massager? I am. Massage recipient? Although I I did wake up at one point because I was face down to start and realized I I fell asleep for a moment and I'm drooling and I can right. see the line of drool from my face down to the floor. Yeah. So I, would, I didn't want to make any noise. Yeah. You know, so I just had to kind of, I, I would. Yeah, it feels pretty good, huh? Just try and, 
tried to let it get off my lip. Just shake a little bit till it dry. There we go. And I could hear the other gentleman that we've spoken of, you know, has fallen asleep. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I always get the too deep that I can't fall asleep. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it feels great when I'm done, but it's just miserable in the middle of it. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, oh, no, that's fine. That's great. Yep. That's great pressure. <laughs> no, that's. Oh, yeah. No, that's great. And they were like, just tell me if it's too much. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's exciting for me. Getting carpet in the homesteadman today. Ooh, I'll take I pictures love and new carpet. Oh my gosh, it's going to be awesome. Love I was it. a little worried because the contractors got there this morning and said, where are we putting carpet? So there was that. <laughs> there was that concern. Inside? What? Inside? Yeah, 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 yeah. But they didn't know where inside where they were putting the carpet. Hmm. So that made me a little anxious. Uh, but it should be good. I'm going to get home and it's going to be halfway up the walls. Right, and right. One right. room completely carpeted. Yeah, walls halfway, and- <laughs> halfway up the walls and like upstairs as a Opposed to downstairs, which yeah. is where they were supposed to put it. They'll put it over my newly refinished wood floors upstairs. <laughs> that kind of stuff makes me nervous. But no, I don't think they'll really do that. And that's it. Just working and then working on getting my house. The other thing is, uh, because I'm an old person, I spent my Saturday night uh, going to the RC Willie, which is a home furnishing store, and looking at um, washers and dryers. You know what's expensive? Washers yeah. and dryers. Yeah. Especially like if you want like a nice something that you think might last a day, like a, a thousand bucks a piece. I oh, yeah. It. I could not believe it. Yeah. That's it. That's my kids in my day, that kind of thing. My oh. rental home has it in there already, so I... So you're able to use theirs. So I just abuse it. Wash, you know, quilts in it. You need a quilt washed? Bring it over. Sure, bring it. Uh, my thing is, is that ultimately the homesteadman may become a rental property, so I'm sort of thinking about it like, okay, so let me invest in this so that I don't have to, um, you know, at the point that I'm going to make this a rental property, invest in it at that point. Hmm. So that's that's sort of the rental thought. like long term or like VRBO. Uh, don't know. Depends. I think ideally <coughs> I would like to long term it if there was someone who would take care of it. Uh, but there's something to the you know the weekend kind of stuff because yeah. oftentimes if you do the VRBO, uh, people aren't there in their place all that often, right? It's like we're going skiing, we're at the convention, now we're just here at night. Whereas if you rent it to like a family, then they're living in it like a family. So and then they, they don't pay and then they get divorced and then right. one of them gets a crack habit and right. then right. You next get- thing you know there's money missing out of your wallet and your daughter's knocked up I've seen it a hundred <laughs> times thank you for leading me into that let's share some emails here we go uh, this one from the last episode that you and I did together uh, he says, you guys couldn't remember Martin's Cove, and that's what we were oh, talking about. Remember, yeah, we were like, that's right. it's at, you know, in the, the Devil's Gate and Martin's Cove. Uh, he, he says, I couldn't remember if Martin's Cove or that you and Kyle kept beating uh, on the point of Brother Bishop's statement that he reported issue to the church while making the assumption he was still in a position of power after the confessions. What I, ha- what I have is some background to help update you on this scout story. So we were talking about about the, um, I think it was a boy in northern Utah, or maybe it's southern Utah County, who um, uh, has Down syndrome, had applied for the Eagle Scout, and... Uh, they, they had adjusted some of the requirements. They had adjusted some, and then knee. the Boy Scout said, nope, you can't do that. So uh, this person, Dave, says, I'm a Scoutmaster for Special Needs Troop in Kearns. Uh, the Boy Scout of America policy for Cubs is to do your best. For Scouts working towards first class, you have to demonstrate 
skills. One of my scouts could not tie a knot two minutes after you showed him, but he could do it while following him. Thus, she could get the skill signed off. Merit badges are designed to be competed as written, not by doing your best. Counselors can give some leeway, as in having someone else write what he says for a written part. Though not by the book, it is a workaround. The final say on if the badge is completed is the counselor, not the advancement committee who wrote the email. The Boy Scouts of America has a special needs policy in place for many years, allowing alternative merit badges for the 13 required if there is proof that the scout cannot complete the required and the new merit badges meet the same level of work. This is not something that's new. Also, special needs scouts can be granted permission to stay in scouting beyond 18 due to their needs. Uh, He says, I have a scout who's about to turn 20 and is finishing up his eagle requirements. Further, he says, please remember that nationally only 5% of scouts earn their eagle. Utah has a high percentage due to pushy parents. Uh, David says, I never earned my Eagle Scout. The point is that someone on the district covering that area of several stakes made a mistake and sent a letter that they should not have. The dad is assuming that his son should be granted his merit badges by doing what he could and not completing what was written. The counselors may have been doing an injustice to this young man by signing off incomplete work, but they are the ones who know that the Eagle is something that takes a large amount of work and why, and this is why it holds a position of respect. Thanks for doing the show in podcast form in between all that you guys have going on. Yours in the gospel, Brother Dave. He says, 11 years and five weeks older than Brother Kyle. Wow. Cool. Uh, so I know, just to recap that position, that that has changed and that the Boy Scouts of America, once a lawsuit was filed towards them, said, yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out for that Boy Scout. So in his now, I kind of forgot, did he just not finish or did had they No, I they had they adjusted altered. the requirements uh, and there was someone on the like the upper committee of the Boy Scouts that said, no, you can't do that. Right. He has to do them as written. Right. Fill, fulfill the requirements as written. Um, and then these couple of emails. Did you listen to or watch the... Um, interview that I did with Crystal Legionnaires, the special episode that posted last weekend. She's the woman uh, who is transgender and who uh, spoke out during the second session of conference. Did you listen to any of this? I I actually, and and that was, I think a lot of people listen to that, actually. I've heard a lot of people chattering about it. Did you you listen to it? I I began to um, just listen because I was at work, Mm -hmm. and as soon as it started, and this, don't take this anybody the wrong way, but I went, who's this guy Richie's interview? I thought this was supposed to be because I'm not watching anything. Right. And it threw me off. Mm-hmm. And I listened for probably 30 seconds. Then something happened at work. I had to go. Right. But that, it just kind of, and I had some other people comment too. And nothing wrong with, with her doing that. But I didn't see that. I think I didn't right. see that coming. Right. Right. It was sort of an interesting thing um, to, to know that it's a transgender person. Uh, these next three emails I'm going to share uh, because I know that there are a lot of people who I consider to be either lifers or converts here to the cultural hall, people who have respect for me and people who don't understand why I would do this type of interview. So let me share um, these emails. This first one is from Robert. He says, I would like to share some comments about the episode with Crystal Legionnaires. I tried to listen with an open mind. I share concerns about sexual predators in the church, workplaces, and society. After the interview, I still don't feel that Crystal's protest was appropriate or helpful. Goes on. We definitely need to make sure that those who we know are doing bad things are not allowed opportunities to abuse others. I am saddened when I hear of a case where some such church leaders may not have acted 
appropriately. The case of Joseph Bishop hits home for me because I was in the MTC in 1984. So this person served in the MTC under President Bishop. Hmm. I believe that we should treat the sacred spaces and times of other religions and cultures the same as we want ours to be treated. For that reason, I don't think that Crystal's outburst was appropriate. If the problem was especially widespread and the organization was doing nothing about it, then maybe I would feel differently. Towards the end of the interview, Crystal said that she would probably not do it again. I got the impression that Crystal did not feel that it had been effective. Also, I have concerns that Crystal may be allowing a sexual predator to continue their actions. She mentions that she herself had been assaulted, and I recognize that the decision to report an assault is extremely personal, but for someone who is so vocal about not protecting other sexual predators, it would seem that Crystal would want to do something to make sure that the person who assaulted her does not repeat this and abuse others. Robert. So I'll hold off my commentary until I get all the through all the emails. <clears throat> uh, this email from Glenn. Why even give this idiot, legionnaires, yet another forum? Are you happy to be a part of her, and then in parentheses, his propaganda? It only makes you fools. So that's Glenn. And then this third email. Uh, Richie, I just wanted to thank you so much for finding and reaching out to Crystal. She is incredibly well-spoken, and I think it's great how well thought out her own protest is or was. You asked some really great questions. I'm really glad that you reached out, and thank you for sharing her and the interview with us. I listened to it through podcast form, but I'll definitely go find it on Facebook Live as well. Michelle. So, here is my take, and I don't often, people who know uh, from listening to the Cultural Hall for now. Oh, wait for it. Happy birthday, Cultural Hall. Seven years uh, this last weekend. Oh, I know. Happy birthday, us. Uh, they know that I, do, I like to typically present and let people make their own mind up. But I feel like there's enough people that are like, how dare you do that? How dare you you know, have this person on? I don't think that it was appropriate. You shouldn't have given them a form. Now you're opening it up to other people feeling like they can um, protest uh, during general conference in the actual meeting. So a couple of things. One, uh, I agree that people who are sexually assaulted should report it. And so in talking to Crystal and finding out that that uh, was something that had occurred to her and that she had not reported, um, to me, I feel like she has a responsibility. I understand that it's not that black and white because as she mentioned, uh, you know, with police and with transgender issues, uh, unfortunately, that is the reality of the situation uh, that I think that it becomes messier for individuals in that that position. But I still think even messy, even traumatic, even whatever, I think that if you are going to be a mouthpiece for, and and she made herself this when she started when she started chanting, stop protecting sexual predators, I feel like you have a responsibility to stop protecting sexual predators. If someone did that to you, Crystal, and I, and I believe, I'd have no reason to believe that someone didn't do that to her, I feel like she has the responsibility to at least report it if she is going to be that mouthpiece for it. So that's one, one takeaway. Um, two, so why 
did I do it? You know, part of it really was just the curiosity of what would compel someone to do that, right? So it wasn't that, oh, I think this is a great thing, and man, you really got to the church and all that stuff. I just, I, I was, it was just a morbid curiosity as to why, why would a person do this? Who is the type of person who would do this? Um, and, and I think to her credit, um, you know, she was very uh, precise about the time. You listen and you, you hear how she researched into the law of it and whether or not it was legal. She could, you know, face penalties or not. And she, you know, of course, found that she could not be, knew that she would be removed and now faces the ban from church property for a year. Um, so, so you know, there, there's every bit of that. Do I ultimately feel like it was appropriate? No, I don't. Um, and I say this because of these reasons. As I listened to her speak, I asked her if she had had the opportunity or taken the opportunity to speak about it with a bishop or a stake president, and she hadn't. To me, I think, and people will come back at me and say, but how do you, you know, the church should have known, and in the case of uh, Bishop, you know, they told the, the church leaders, and the church leaders did anything, didn't do anything, and, and we're finding out more about that, exactly, and I don't know all the facts about that. I mean, we know some of the facts, and certainly there are some people who did not do what they were supposed to do with that being reported to them, but in the case of Crystal, she did not go to the bishop. She did not go to a stake president, and for what I know, she didn't write a letter to the first presidency or to even the church headquarters itself. I'm not saying that those actions would have done anything. Um, I like to hope and believe that they would have, that that type of complaint is being heard now more than ever before, but the, but the fact that she had not done that, to me, uh, I don't want to say weakens her case because I think that the case against sexual predators is 100% valid, but to me, I personally would have liked to see before you go to the 10,000th percent that you do the things that it is. Because otherwise, as people have pointed out, you know, it now opens the floodgates to are we going to have to play music between, you know, general conference when they say, okay, come take the chairs and now they amp music up so that there's not that quiet time. Or, you know, can we have these respectful, you know, solemn assemblies or can we have silence within the church without fear of people rioting? And I think that, uh, or even protesting, right? Rioting might not be the right word. I think that, I think the big thing is, and I think that the church is working on this, is that they need to um, continue to do a good job, do an even better job for people to feel validated in the concerns that they have with the church. That it's falling on listening ears, um, with, whether it be from assault, abuse, marital, you know, abuse or anything like that, that those, if people are going to come to their ecclesiastical leaders, which is the way um, that we want it to be, institutionally we want it to be, that those voices feel like they're heard so that we don't have to go to the extreme measures. So that's sort of my thought about it. Other than that, I thought, you know, she was very, very well spoken. Um, and I don't think that my claim about the, the different things that um, that she didn't do, I don't think it, it, it lessens the fact that we shouldn't protect sexual predators. I just, to me, I, I, I feel very strong 
strongly that you exhaust all measures before you go to the extreme. Yeah, I think uh, she skipped a step and, uh, you know, you don't go to the manufacturer of your product. You go to the store first and see if you can uh, fix things there Right. where she jumped right to the top. And if it doesn't work at that level, then you keep moving up. Right. Eventually get there. But it, but but I do think in some cases, you know, as evidenced, at least on some level, in the Bishop case, as evidenced in other ones, that voices aren't being believed or even heard. And I think that as an institution and as members of the church, we need to at least hear those voices. And that's what was so upsetting for me that people were like, well, I can't listen to him, you know, going back to the transgender thing. Like they couldn't get past the the fact that it was a transgender woman. Mm-hmm. And so then they stopped listening. And that's not why and I that, stopped and that, listening, and that, by and the way. And that wasn't the point. It wasn't yeah. the point. The point was stop protecting sexual predators, right? So we immediately fell mute or, you know, deaf to the point that was being made, right? We need to listen. You don't have to agree because I can hear someone's complaint and validate them doesn't mean I have to say, yes, you're right. The church as an institution protects sexual predators. I don't, but I can hear and then I can, you know, if if it's a position that I can be in, help either validate the truthfulness of it or not, or I can say, you know what, I hear and understand what it is that you're saying and have some empathy so that people feel like their voices are being heard as opposed to, you know what, this person did this. Oh, well, you know, what did you do? Or, you know, that can't possibly be true that that happened, right? Those are unhelpful conversations. Listen, give them the validation that, you know, how they feel, it's okay for them to feel what they're feeling and then deal with it beyond that as opposed to, well, no, that's not possible. The church would never do that. That person would never do that. I have the utmost respect for that. That would, you know, cause a shame on the church. I can't believe that. Those, Those are unhelpful conversations. And that is the thing that we need to get away from. It's like the news. You've got to know what's going on to, to form an opinion. And, right. and uh, your opinion might not change on it, but at least now you you know you're, you're educated and informed on it. Yep. <clears throat> so for everyone who listened, thank you. That was the point. Why would I do that? That's the point. Here is a, a person's concern. And I think that agree or disagree or kind of agree or kind of disagree. I don't think it matters, but it's valuable for you to know that there are people that feel that about the organization that you are either A, a part of, B, used to be a part of, C, considering not being a part of anymore, or considering being a part of again, or D, you know, looking into to be a part of. I think they they are vital conversations, and if the gospel is true, which I believe that it is, these types of conversations shouldn't harm your testimony. Yep, and that's why I had the three emails that you read, I had everybody that I would have ask me about that. Why is he doing this, or what is he... They were kind of the three... Those are like the three levels that I heard comments from people on. Yep. First of all, I would say, I don't know. I'm not Richie T. <laughs> <laughs> I know I look like him. And I'd say, well, because it, you, you got to know this. You got to hear about it. It's not something you can uh, sweep under the rug so you can hear so that you can know that you are right. Or maybe realize that, oh, maybe I need to think about this in a different way. Yep. Anyway, that's it. Rant over. Let's take a break and do actual articles of news. 
Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Hi, friends. Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. I get a lot of emails from people all the time. Here's one. Dear Dan, I hear your talk about a lifetime service guarantee. Free? Really? Please help me avoid all your fine print and be honest about what free means. You understand that we should be very wary of a free offer signed skeptical hi skeptical i remember 22 years ago when we started pc laptops and our lifetime service guarantee people thought it was too good to be true well you know after a decade people started believing me a little bit but you know it's been 22 years of having the privilege to serve our friends and neighbors like you our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry you can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop computer for $7.99 with a lifetime warranty. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here's to seeing you soon, Skeptical. The Cultural Hall wants you to help Utah Food Bank fight hunger statewide. Through your donations of food, time, or money, Utah Food Bank is able to distribute over 31 million meals annually to Utahns facing hunger. Even a $1 donation can be turned into $7.35 of goods and services. One in five children in Utah could go to bed hungry tonight, and 423,000 Utahns are unsure where their next meal will come from. By donating food at your local pantry or by visiting utahfoodbank.org, you can make a difference. It's time for the second half of Articles of News, wherein we do actual Articles of News. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose Articles of News. And we are off. Now, we've got a bunch of news to get to, uh, and some of it is a little bit messy. Mm, it's not happy. <laughs> it's not It's, right, not the it's greatest, awful. But I'll, but I'll try and pepper it with, uh, you know, some, some interesting types of things, I guess. Um, first of all, I'll tell you about this. So, did you make it to church yesterday? No. Okay, I was traveling so yesterday. Okay, yesterday was the first Sunday with the new elders quorum and yes. high priests all matched together, right? And I saw this uh, friend of mine, Nick, on his Facebook page. He talked about how they just did like a regular lesson. Like it was like, come in, hey everybody, and then they just dove into a lesson. Well, in my ward, um, there are probably 30 high priests and there were about 15 uh, elders quorum guys who are not serving in the primary or whatever, right? So for a lot of us younger guys, there's a very distinct age gap in, in my ward. It's like 35 and younger and then 70 and older. There are very mm -hmm. few, you know, middle-aged kind of guys in the ward. Uh, so we took a second and we we're in the overflow of the chapel and made a big circle and everyone just introduced themselves. This is what I did for a living. This is, you know, because huh. a lot of the retired guys, this is what I do. 
I've lived in the same house for 70 years. You know, President Monson was my mission president, like just this interesting kind of go around the room. And it was cool. I was excited to uh, kind of feel the spirit of of what's going on. It was pretty cool. I'm optimistic about how it will be. Uh, So I thought that was cool. Um, You can find and follow all the articles of this at theculturalhall.com. Um, so why don't I start here? This has been an interesting thing that I didn't realize uh, feelings were so polarizing on this, but the Salt Lake Tribune, when you hear the Salt Lake Tribune, what do you think of here in the state of Utah, Brother Kyle? Uh, well, we have two newspapers here, right? I guess, and I think of that as the non-Mormon newspaper. Okay. Uh, I know better, but that's... Right, but but I guess that that is now more than ever maybe institutionalized is that there is the Deseret News who is owned by the church who will take the very, you know, with all these sort of scandalous stories in the news right now uh, that will take sort of a a PR'd approach from the church mm-hmm. about this was reported and this, and then um, the Salt Lake Tribune will be like, the vile this, this, right? A little bit more colorful language if it's something against the church. Interestingly enough, the uh, Salt Lake Tribune owned by the Huntsman family, which is an LDS family. Um, so I think that's kind of a, an interesting twist. But uh, I didn't realize how uh, until we've been sharing you know, some of the articles from the Desert News and also from the Salt Lake Trib online where people are like, oh, it's another fake news from the Salt Lake Tribune or the Mormon-hating Salt Lake <coughs> Tribune. And this uh, editorial from the Trib really um, kind of pinpoints this. It's, his name is Jeff Hain, or Hain, depending. He says, I thought the Deseret News was the designated source of news for the Mormon faithful. During the current LDS General Conference sessions, the Tribune has devoted a large portion of its paper to Mormon news and to stories. Also, the coverage has not been confined to the local news section, but has dominated the so-called main national section. If a person desires the degree of in-depth Mormon news coverage, then the Deseret News is your paper. But for the rest of us, the Tribune needs to be Utah's independent voice, as it claims to be. And I just thought that was interesting because I know it was more than this one gentleman's complaint that leave the Mormon stuff out of the Salt Lake Tribune. Hmm, yeah. The pro-Mormon stuff. Right. (laughs) So I thought that was interesting. Uh, This one here, this is from Southern Utah. Uh, the paper called The Spectrum. Uh, and he asserts that Mitt Romney, that is soon to be Senator Romney, uh, former President Romney, uh, as in stake president, uh, he says that both Orrin Hatch and Mitt Romney are Mormons, makes no difference, of course, but to Utah voters. Neither of these men would ever be in devo- voted into office for that reason alone, as everyone knows that Utah voters cast votes based on issues, not religious affiliation. He's obviously being tongue-in-cheek. And on the fact that we can rest assured for Mitt will be a perfect political representative of Utahns in the U.S. Senate. Mitt's Romney care became the model for Obamacare, a government program consistent with Utahns' desire for small and government. As governor of Massachusetts, Mitt never met a fee that he didn't like. Rather than cut spending on government programs, Mitt raised taxes by more than $740 million a year. Uh, Mitt used the support uh, supported the TARP bailout in 2008 legislation where taxpayer monies were used to bail out greedy and lawless super rich bankers. Anyway, this guy just asserts that there's no reason uh, that Mitt Romney should be the senator from Utah, except that people vote hmm. religious lines. Yeah, you can read that at theculturalhall.com. <laughs> you want to do that story there? 
This one here? Yes, please. Uh, well, so the church is going to release a groundbreaking series about the early history of the church. Uh, later this year, the church will re- release the first volume of Saints, a groundbreaking four-volume series that details church history like never before. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Or is it? Yeah. Written in a narrative style, this series differs from the church history written by Joseph Smith, published in 1842, as well as the 1930 church history written by assistant church historian B.H. Roberts. Which is that, that uh, I think it's like 11-volume edition. I've got it in paperback, but you can get it. Most any Deseret Industries, someone has donated it <laughs> so that you can get it. But, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty in-depth, but it's not a narrative. It's very hard to read. You almost have to study it like a like you would a chronology or like, um, you know, let, let's find the date and time hmm. and we'll we'll find it that way. It's not narrative like this proposes to be. Uh, Saints was prepared in response to the Lord's commandment to keep the church record and history continually. DNC 47.3. Elder Stephen E. Snow, a general authority, 70, and church historian and recorder wrote in the February 2018 Ensign, unlike past histories of the church, it is a narrative history written in an engaging style that will be accessible to both youth and adults. Beginning at the years uh, leading up to the first vision and ending in the current day, the content of all four volumes was carefully researched by the church historians. Each manuscript was reviewed by general authorities, the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, and the First Presidency. Uh, though, uh, though Elder Snow points out in the Enzyme article that these volumes are not scripture, they do include stories of imperfect men and women striving to become saints for the atonement of Christ. Church history helps us understand the lives of those who went before us, the challenges and the difficulties they faced, and how they overcame them, Elder Snow says in the video about the series. He gives me hope that the Lord can work through imperfect people, even me. When I first saw the, the headline to this uh, a few days ago, um, I wondered if they were going to come out, and then as I started to read it, I thought, is it going to be more like scripture, or mm-hmm. is it going to be more like, uh, people are finding out some less than desirable things about our history, let's just put it out there. Right. Um, it sounds like maybe kind of in between yeah. that, really. Like a little bit, but knowing that it's you know it's approved by the church, it certainly isn't going to be something that we're like, what? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had no idea. No, I don't think it'll be anything like that, but I do appreciate that, that you know there is the claim of, of improvement perfection, which leads me to believe that there will be things that you go, huh, I'm going, okay, I'm glad the Lord corrected that. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> who shot who? Yeah. Wait, what? Uh, if uh, if people want to know what to get me for uh, my birthday in June, it's oh. that. Just throwing it out there. Uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has announced that it will close two missionary training centers. Uh, the training center in Santiago, Chile, and also in Madrid, Spain, will close in January 2019. Both of those temple or those missionary training centers located near uh, temples. So some thought is that they'll be remaining in uh, church, you know, owned by the church and run as sort of like hotels for people who live uh, a ways away from the temple and and choose to come visit the temple and do temple work. Mm-hmm. Uh, some that they might become uh, residents for missionaries serving in that area, and and then some speculation that it just could be sold off property um, for the church. But those two in uh, Madrid and also in Santiago, Chile, will be closed in January of 2019. My niece Saturday received her mission call. Oh, yeah? She's going to school down here in uh, in southern Utah in Cedar City. Okay. At your old uh, alma mater. Yeah. Go T-Birds Go. You bet she is. Where's she going on a mission? She is going to uh, El Salvador and you know is what that go- means. going to the MTC there. You know what the El Salvador means? The Salvador? The Salvador. <laughs> 
Thank you for <laughs> indulging me. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say, no, it's it's. Blah, 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 blah. I think but it means the savior, actually. No, it is. I think so. But the Salvador is a funnier response. Her. Yeah, please do. And she'll be like, I, I don't know. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it means the savior. Uh, let's just do a couple more because we did. We went on pretty long in the first block here. Um, this story, <clears throat> a fertility doctor accused of secretly using his own sperm to impregnate a patient undergoing artificial insemination. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Previously was serving as the president of a Latter-day Saints temple. Dr. Mortimer, a retired obstetrician gynecologist originally from Utah, faces accusations of fraud, medical negligence, battery, emotional distress, and breach of contract. According to a news release from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, doctor, dated October 2000. Dr. Mortimer was announced as the president of the temple in Cebu, Philippines. Um, last week, it emerged that 36-year-old Kelly Rollette was suing Dr. Mortimer after she discovered via Ancestry.com, owned by the LDS Church, uh, that DNA test that he had used his own sperm to impregnate his mother, her mother. Ms. Rollette of Washington State set off her genetic sample to the genealogy website last year, but assumed that there had been a mistake when it didn't match that of her own father. Instead, the, t- the test showed that her DNA matched a sample from Dr. Mortimer from Idaho Falls. The lawsuit states that Miss Roulette was not aware her parents had struggled to conceive and did not know that her mother had undergone artificial insemination. Uh, this happened back in the 80s. The couple was having uh, problems conceiving. Uh, he recommended that Miss Ashby, that is Dr. Mortimer, uh, re- recommended Miss Ashby undergo artificial insemination using sperm from her husband and an, an anonymous donor who matched the couple's specifications. Dr. Mortimer did not match their requirements, um, but yet it was his sperm that was used. A spokesperson for Ancestry.com told the Washington Post that the genetic testing, quote, helps people make new and powerful discoveries about their family history and identity. (laughs) That that is a powerful uh, discovery. And says further, we are committed to delivering the most accurate results. However, with this, people may learn of unexpected connections. Which, Uh Ancestry.com has nothing to do with it, right? Yeah. They were the means by which, you know, this this woman found out. But that's a, it is an unfortunate story for sure. Uh, and, And... and, and if he breaks the law, here's what we everyone needs to to understand. I shared that on the uh, on the cultural halls Facebook page, which if you're not following, please do. Uh, and you know the the headline says something about Mormon temple president. And he says, "What do you mean, Mormon president?" And it's like he's the he's the president of a temple. It makes him a Mormon president, right? He's not the prophet, the president of the church. Uh, but there was some words there. But that is not the point either. It is a guy who did something illegal. Who who was a member of the church, and we need to believe in all of the laws of the land that if members of the church break the law, that they too need to be held accountable for the things that they did against the law. Mm-hmm. Just like you, Brother Kyle, just like me, just like anyone who would break the law should be held accountable, even if they're Mormon people. It seems ridiculous to have to say, but it isn't, apparently, because there are some who think that certainly a person in that position could not do that, and that is incorrect. Well, they do. Yep. And, and, uh, and, you know, I guess fortunately on some level we're not hearing like this isn't a guy last year who did this. And so hopefully, 
you know, there's, there's, I guess, comfort, although not for these people and not for any of the cases that these things happened a long time ago. But hopefully we are doing a better job of that now. And I have nothing to back that up. But I guess that's just my hope is that, you know, hopefully these things, things like the McKenna Denson, which we'll talk here in a second, just briefly, uh, hopefully these things aren't continuing to occur. We have lessened the likelihood. We have made changes so that all of these things uh, are less likely to occur and we're protecting ourselves. And that's why but, I have Ancestry.com. Right. But, they, but there will never, it will never be perfect because people will never be perfect. I remember doing an identical story when I was, I used to work in radio a long time I ago, Rishi. I didn't know that. Uh, let's go back to 1991. Uh, do you want me to tell you how old I was in 91? Yep, tell me. I was 11. Okay. okay. I was I was an adult working in radio. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember a story, and I, and I was working with a gentleman on air who was British and charming. I love this guy. Yeah? I don't know if he's still alive. I hope he is. <laughs> Martin. And we did a story on, we ended up calling him, for some reason, the story called him The Good Doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, and this good doctor, so this is in 91, and years before he had done this same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's come up. It comes up every few years. One yeah. of these bozos does something like this. I think they'll get, you know, maybe they should be care- more careful now that we have. I don't understand what the compulsion is behind it, right? Yeah. Like, it, like do you want the, your children wandering around? Like, is that the, like, oh, man, I've got so many kids. Like, if that's the compulsion to do it, or if it's the I'm getting away with things that people are never going to know. I that, that, to me, is the fascinating part or did of he it. spill a beaker and go, oh, 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 oh. Uh, I don't know. Was that, was that me? Was <laughs> what that, should was I do? That, uh, clean it up. Let's go. Get a big, you know, get to the it, lab. It's interesting. I don't know. Wasn't there an episode of The Family Guy? Sure. <laughs> There's also an episode of Law and Order SVU. And the, and the Simpsons. The yes. Ever. Where there were a hundred homers all over the town. <laughs> uh, so you're working with this guy in The Good Doctor. Yeah, it happens. It happens a lot. But yep. come on. For whatever reason. I don't know. Okay. Let's do a couple more and then we'll get out of here. What okay. do you still have? Do you, do you want a happy or sad one? I think we've done the middle one there. Okay. What's the... Uh, yeah, we'll do that one. This one here? But Yeah. Okay. But let me do this one first and then you do that one. All right. Uh, days before his starting, his starting his second season in the minor league, a reporter asked the Great Lakes loon pitcher Riley Otteson about his mission to Japan. You can find this, by the way, at theculturalhall.com. He says, not only did it allow him to rest his arm for two years, but he grew personally as well, according to mlive.com. This is uh, Riley Otteson. He plays for... As I said, the Great Lakes Loons, which is a minor league uh, team for the Dodgers, um, he says of his mission, it helped me a lot. You can't go to a country you've never been to, live with a companion you don't know, learn to speak a language you don't know, and talk about something you aren't completely familiar with and not become a more mature and better person. Um, He was named Mr. Baseball by the Deseret News back in 2012. And after high school, he served in the Fujieda Japan Mission. Uh, He says it helps shape me as a person, a man, and a husband that I may want to become in the future. He returned to play with the University of Utah and then was drafted by the Dodgers back in 2017. Which sport is that? Baseball? Baseball. The Dodgers. Come on. Uh, What one Mormon dad is doing to sell $1 million worth of games. Uh, This is Columbus, Ohio. Holly Hancock was at a young single adult ward activity in Brigham Young University when her now husband, Travis, made a memorable first impression. He walked up her and said, hi, what are you passionate about? (laughs) Hey, what are you passionate about? Are you passionate (laughs) about games and things? (laughs) She was surprised. I could tell straight off that he was different, that he cared about passion and making things happen. 
Griffin, she said. He was different. I guess different can be good. Tonight's the night we're going to make it happen. <laughs> While moving into their new apartment Tonight a week after. Tonight we'll make all other, <laughs> push all other things aside. Uh, dun, dun. Well, moving in their new apartment after they got married, Holly Hancock said she noticed an old version of a game Travis had. Travis told her how he and his brothers had tweaked the rules and ended up making their own game. I didn't even know what was it was something you could do. Just make your own game, Holly said. Then Travis started thinking about it more, and I was dabbling in graphic design at the time. We thought this would be a fun project, a good side hobby, and just didn't see it as anything else. Neither Travis nor Holly expected their gaming hobby to turn into Facade Games, a successful board game startup that has raised more than $1 million on Kickstarter. Cool, huh? Yeah, with its first three games. Uh, Deadwood 1876, the couple's latest game, ended its month-long campaign on Kickstarter this week with $587,000 in pledges. It's amazing. Uh, it was featured on CNBC earlier this month. Uh, the game company begin, uh, continues to grow in sales and gain attention for its success. Despite offers to expand their company, Travis and Holly Hancock are keeping their focus on the most important element of their business, family. Uh, they're both members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, and moved to Columbus, Ohio from Springville, Utah. Uh, Travis, who is from Beaver Creek, Ohio, was raised in a family of nine and who loved playing games together. Uh, inspiration for the first game, uh, Salem originally started with ideas from the game Mafia. Huh. You remember so, playing Mafia in high uh-huh, school? Uh-huh, I do. I got... <laughs> Not well, arrested, well. but I got handcuffed playing it in high school. Really? We took it really serious. Wow. I, well, it, for me, it wasn't in high school. It was... Yeah. <laughs> Call it... It was postgraduate work. I, I don't even think I was still married <laughs> at the time. <laughs> a social deduction game in which each player tries to identify the roles of other players. Travis had created a Harry Potter version of Mafia with friends during one summer in Alaska and then changed uh, to a game called City. After uh, meeting his wife and working the, the game together, the, the game took on a new theme, Salem Witch trials. Uh, they now live uh, Ohio. Let's see. Yeah, the husband and wife team uh, went to work on Deadwood 1876, which ended its Kickstarter on March uh, and will be released in the fall with over half a million pledges. Deadwood is their highest grossing game yet. Unreal. Give me the top page of that. I want to try and get those guys in the cultural hall and talk to them. Uh, let's end with this because uh, it's a little heavy, but I. I know in uh, this week's uh, edition of the Mormon News Report, they go a lot more into it, but I think that it is uh, worth noting if you didn't listen to that whole Mormon News Report. There's a woman, McKenna Denson, who is suing the LDS Church uh, because she accuses Joseph Bishop, who is 85, of horrific sexual assault in a secret room at the MTC in Provo back in 1984. A woman who claims that she was raped by the president of the LDS MTC in Utah is now suing the Mormon church. She, um, Denson, who is now 55, is suing alongside the church uh, and uh, Joseph Bishop had been put in charge of the training facility despite there being red flag sexual improprieties earlier in his career. Bishop has denied the allegations but chose not to comment through his son Greg when approached. His family has previously accused Denson of making false claims. Um, Mentioned in Denson's suit is the case of a young woman serving as a missionary in Argentina and the alleged inappropriate treatment of women at Weber State University when Bishop was the president of Weber State University. Greg Vernon, Denson's attorney, said his client intends to hold a press conference, and they did just this last week, um, where the results of a polygraph test that she took will be released, which obviously said, hey, you know what? I'm not lying. 
Um, the church has ha- the church has great faith in the judicial judicial system to determine the truth of these claims, and that's basically where it's at. You'll hear a lot of things going back and forth right now, um, but now. You know, these things will be addressed in court uh, as to what exactly can be proven that he did, um, both to Denson and to the other woman that asserts that it occurred to. And I think that there are a lot of people who want to weigh in um, on the situation who don't know, A, the law, B, what happened. Um, But it it is a thing that as members of the church, I don't think that we can just turn a deaf ear to, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that it it is important that we are aware that the case is going on, be aware of what is alleged on both sides, and be aware as an outcome comes out of it, um, because that is the church which we are a part of, right? It doesn't mean that the church, it doesn't mean that the church is full of people like Joseph Bishop, should he be found, you know, guilty in all the things that he did. It doesn't mean that, you know, that there's not anyone like that. It's so very important. And I will continue to say this until I'm blue in the face, that we be aware of what those uh, situations could be like, that we are uh, aware for ourselves and that we help our children be aware of those uh, potentially harmful situations and and help uh, institutionally change away from being able to have those opportunities where, you know, in the instance of this one, that an MTC president could take someone down to a room where there was a mass. Why is there that room? Why does that exist? There have others, been others that said that that room existed, right? So why, so why is that? Why did it ever exist? Why would we, why would we be okay with it? Finding the truth in the situation and then acting according to the truth. Uh, personally, I think it's a horrific situation, and I hope that, um, you know, I hope that justice certainly is something that gets served to both sides and whatever that means. But I, I think that there's a lot of people who want to weigh in and go, well. I know because I heard this or I know because the church said this. And I think the thing that we need to do is be very aware of it in our own lives, within the church, and act accordingly uh, with our awareness. And that's it. We well said. This, we hope <laughs> that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. We hope if you're sick or afflicted, you'll be well and you can listen next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, sure to be 